And we are live. What is up, everybody? This is Nick from P2W Fantasy, live here on Twitter, Facebook, and, and YouTube, I believe. Um, I have two great guests here with me today. Uh, looking forward to hit um, a little bit different of a topic. I know a lot of the uh, topics right now are around free agency and the rookies and all those things. I have a, a fun topic for today that makes us talk about some different uh, outlooks for next year and our opinions on some different players here. But uh, I do want to make sure I introduce the two guests that I have on the podcast here with me tonight first. Uh, big fan of both of these guys. Uh, starting with Jeremy. Jeremy's a good friend of mine. I actually had Jeremy on a live stream before with uh, my buddy Fontaine and Gemmo the Icon. Uh, Jeremy plays in a, in a league with me. He's a great follow on Twitter talking about football and pretty much everything. I think I'm always cracking um, up at least once a, once a week, twice a week, five times a week at some of your uh, posts that you have, man. Um, before I introduce uh, or let you introduce yourself here and where everybody can find you, I do want to congratulate this man. This guy just got married la last week, correct? Last Saturday. Last Saturday. I, I just remember like clicking on Facebook and I seen you posing, fresh haircuts, tons of pictures. You were looking fresh, man. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, Jeremy, um, again, congratulations on that. That is awesome. Can you let everybody know uh, just what's up with you right now and uh, where we can find you on social media? Uh, first off, let me say I appreciate that. Um, next, I'm just you know working just like everybody else out here. Um, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, hey, Mr. Holman. Uh, if you if you want chaotic, follow your boy. That's what I'm here for. I'm here for the chaos. So there we go. Uh, awesome. Awesome. We actually uh, talk about uh, chaos. We competed against each other in the final of a, a home league that um, we competed in this year. So that was chaos in itself. But uh, also with us today, I have Samantha. Um, Samantha, big, uh, big influence, obviously, in the fantasy community and on Twitter. Um, have good content and also just very entertaining in general. So uh, to start, I mean, I, I want to compliment you on the TikTok game because I myself try to use TikTok to talk about some content and things, but I am not to your level. You have some great funny videos, and then you also will do things throughout the season like waiver wires and, and things like that. So uh, awesome uh, with that content. Fantasy football, uh, you work with the Action Network. Your resume speaks for itself. You have the New York Post, Sleepers Brawl, New York Times on your belt there. Samantha, can you tell us, of course, where we can find you and then anything you got going on or upcoming um, that you'd like to talk about? Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I've been with Action for all of, I don't know, three or four weeks now. So I'm still pretty, pretty new to doing the whole thing full time, but I'm super, super excited about it. Obviously, I was previous with previously with the post and kind of doing the fantasy and NFL stuff on the side. So it's really cool to like focus full time on it. Um, still getting ramped up. Of course, I'm writing articles, but we'll definitely be uh, involved with like video and I've been making TikToks and like insanity. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I thank you for the compliments about my TikToks. I think that they're really stupid a lot of the times but I think it's supposed to make you laugh because I don't know like it's I've, everyone's kind of putting out the same content I mean there's obviously amazing people out there and I'm not discounting anyone but you know in the end like sometimes it's just the finishing touch like the little bow that you put on your stuff so you know it's the same waiver wire article that I wrote and researched for hours and then I just kind of put it into a video so yeah I like it that we're kind of uh, as a community getting out there on a lot of different platforms 
I, I respect that a lot, and I think it's it's important to get um to get views and listens and things like that. Uh, to be diverse with the content because, like myself, when I first started, I all I did was articles, and I'm only like a year in, but all I did was articles, and then I kind of branched off to some live streams and things like that. But I think utilizing other forms of social media to get the same messages across, but doing it in creative ways is awesome. So I do respect you a lot for that. Uh, before we get into our live stream here tonight, I do want to shout out the Fantasy Points Media, who I am a proud member of now. I think this is my second week being able to say that. Uh, what they have going on right now, they have a uh, April special up until the 30th, 20% off of a uh, subscription. You won't find a better deal with stuff all in one area. What I really like about the Fantasy Points Media, and I have the website i will plug right here on the bottom here fantasypoints.com slash subscribe literally when i do a bunch of research i used to always jump around to different sites to grab uh, different things of information and with the fantasy points media they have everything in one spot they just drop their rookie uh reviews they have advanced stats red zone stats uh, articles from different people a ton of information on one spot so be sure to check that out i have my promo code 21 win 10 there proud member of them I want to make sure I play that little clip before we get into things here. All right. So what Samantha and Jeremy and I will be talking about tonight is scenario A or scenario B. What I'm going to do is read off a specific scenario and ask these two, what do you see is something more likely to happen? The scenario might read two things that they both disagree will not happen. But my question will be, which is more likely to happen? And we're looking ahead to 2021. And the reason I like to do this is a few different reasons. It's because I like to keep things fresh uh, when it seems like things are uh, repetitive right now. I also like to do it because it makes us talk about some specific topics and players um, when it comes to outlooks for the future and what our views are. So uh, I thought it was a creative way to talk about some different things here. So we will get started here in one second. Shout out to my guy, Billy Wales, for that. Um, Jeremy, the last time you were on the podcast, I think I had the little baby intro. And I got like one copyright infringement from a TikTok, Samantha. We just talked about uh, TikTok. I posted a TikTok to Twitter and I got a copyright like uh, mark from it, uh, something along those lines. So had to change up the intro. No more little baby. Didn't have the rights to his music, but that'll do. That'll do. Um, all right. So scenario A versus scenario B. Uh, the first one here is going to be uh, revolving around two different quarterbacks. So. Jumping into this one here, Lamar Jackson. So Lamar Jackson, 36 touchdowns in his MVP two, uh, season in 2019. In 2020, he dropped off a bit. He had 26 touchdowns. Another quarterback in this situation right here, Aaron Rodgers, led the league in touchdowns this past season and had the highest uh, passer rating. He was number seven in the league for passing yards in his MVP season. So my question to you guys is, scenario A or scenario B, which is more likely in your opinion? Lamar Jackson, again, leads the league in passing touchdowns in 2021, or 
Aaron Rodgers is again the MVP in 2021. And Samantha, we can start with you on this. What do you see as more likely? I'm going to go with Rodgers here. So, yeah, as you mentioned, Jackson led the league in touchdowns with just 36. Uh, that's a pretty low number to be leading the league. There were five quarterbacks this season that threw 37 or more touchdowns, and obviously the astronomical 48 thrown by Rodgers. That's literally a 33% increase year over year. Winning the MVP in back-to-back seasons is, you know, definitely tough, but not unheard of. The last player to do it was Peyton Manning, who won it in 2008 and 2009. Before that, it was Rogers' predecessor, Brett Favre, who won it three times in a row from 1995 to 97. So I kind of think that that's also a little interesting storyline. But Vegas currently has Rogers winning the MVP again at 8-1 to one odds, which are the second shortest odds, so behind Patrick Mahomes, of course. So I think that, you know, of the two things, that's probably more likely. Interesting. I like those facts, those facts, especially the Favre one, because it kind of goes hand in hand with this, uh, th- this, this Packers QB legacy, which I don't like to talk about a ton as a Chicago Bears fan myself. I'm sure um, Jeremy uh, knows happy. I don't bring up. You're <laughs> What's that? happy that they drafted Jordan Love. <laughs> I, uh, you know what? I was kind of happy on the flip side. I was asking the same questions everybody else did with, um, you know, how do they not support this guy, Aaron Rodgers? We all ask that question, like in the, one of the deepest wide receiver classes in a while, they don't support Aaron Rodgers. And what does Aaron Rodgers do? Wins MVP. So yeah, it's, a, it's crazy, crazy to me. Love those stats, though. So Samantha has Aaron Rodgers again winning the 2021 MVP over Lamar Jackson throwing the most touchdowns. And again, if you are tuning in, we're just throwing out two different scenarios. We're not saying that either one of these will even happen, but. We're going to say which is more likely to happen. So, Jeremy, in your opinion, will Lamar Jackson throw the most touchdowns again in 2021? Or do you think Aaron Rodgers has a better shot at being the MVP again? I think Rodgers has the better shot of being MVP. Uh, looking, coming into this year, he had a injury-filled, what was it, 2019. People, they drafted the quarterback. People wrote him off. He comes in 2020, wins MVP. You saw how the playoff game ended, uh, the whole restructure of the contact of the contract type of thing. Petty Aaron Rodgers is a scary Aaron Rodgers. So off of off of that alone, um, you know, like and like Samantha said, like with uh, Lamar Jackson throwing only thirty six touchdown passes, like I don't think thirty six touchdown passes will allow him to lead the league in touchdown passes. So. Off of that alone, I got to go with Aaron Rodgers. 48 this year in comparison to that 36 last year. So uh, we got a 12 touchdown difference, which, I mean, on paper, does it seem like a ton? Maybe not, but it actually, that is. I mean, if we look at the course of a season, that is a a decent amount of touchdowns uh, for a difference. Do you think that, do you think that the... My only thinking with this one, and, and I, I love the guys, uh, the, the points that you guys brought, uh, brought up there. Um, my only thinking would be if the Ravens offense continues to be efficient with getting themselves into the red zone, that maybe he has an elevated chance of just being a five, seven, eight yard pass touchdown um, opportunity versus Aaron Rodgers, who might have a ton of competition in the likes of uh, we can go down the list of Mahomes and, uh, you know, Russ was in that race for a little bit last year and there's a ton of quarterbacks that can put up some good numbers. Um, Do you think, do you think just in general, either one of these is more 
hard, uh, not more, is harder to attain than the other one. If we just say just in general, is the MVP versus the touchdown uh, leader harder than the other? Do you guys have any uh, input on that before we move on? I think the touchdown thing for Lamar is you have to look at the offense, right? The Ravens run first generally, and I don't, I mean, what they do in a draft could definitely change that. Let's say they go in a draft and they get a receiver or something like that. That could potentially change the aspect, but Lamar Jackson's running ability, he may not get, like he, Lamar Jackson could do like 56 touchdowns, right? But could be 38 passing, 18 running. Like, I, you know, there's just so much there that I don't necessarily think the passing aspect of it will get him into that high 40 number that I think he'll need to lead the league in touchdown passes. Yeah, I would probably say that, like, I think the odds, they're not actual odds, but in my head, the odds Mm -hmm. of Lamar Jackson winning the MVP are higher than Lamar Jackson leading the league in passing touchdowns. Because I think he could cert, like, I think that he will probably get in that 30 range. Like Jeremy said, though, like, I don't think that's just, it's not going to be enough to compete with Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and other guys that are uh, just. I mean, they're, they've really elevated the league this year. So I think that it's completely different. But at the same time, I think we can absolutely see a better Lamar Jackson. It's just probably much less likely that we see it all done in, on like kind of the passing side. That makes makes total sense there. And I think what a lot of these scenario A versus scenario B uh, situation is, you don't have to just look at the player. You have to look at the competition for what we're asking. So, um, yeah, gr- great points by you guys there. Let's stay on quarterbacks here. Let's stay on quarterbacks. So I have two guys. I have the 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 101 quarterback from this previous draft class and the 101 from this next draft class to compare here. So Joe Burrow had 13 touchdowns in 10 games this past season before his ACL injury, and he was out for uh, the rest of the season. I think it was more than the ACL, but uh, he missed uh, the rest of the season after that. He had 60 touchdowns his senior year, though, at LSU, if we look at the ability just to find guys in the end zone. T-Law, Trevor Lawrence, had 24 touchdowns in 10 games his senior year, so they both just played 10 games uh, this past season. He had 36 in 15 games his junior year. My question to you both is, scenario A or scenario B, Joe Burrow throws 35 touchdowns in 2021, or Trevor Lawrence throws 35 touchdowns in 2021? And Jeremy, we can start with you on this. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to kind of go out on a limb. I'm going to say Trevor Lawrence here, right? And I'm going to say Trevor Lawrence simply because I don't know how Joe Burrow's knee is going to be. Uh, I know they want him to be ready week one. Is he going to be ready week one? That's, you know, that's part of it also. Um, Now, I think the likelihood is that there's a better chance of both of them throwing for 35 touchdowns than, you know, just one. But if I have to pick one, I'll say, uh, I'll say Trevor, they'll be down a ton. Um, giving him more opportunities to throw the ball. So that's that's how I feel on that. Yeah, it's interesting to hear <clears throat> when it comes to Joe Burrow because uh, the front office says often, we're pretty optimistic that he's going to play week one. I think when it comes to releasing information, especially when your competition is listening to this information, uh, they're not going to come out and say, 
we we think he's going to be ready, but probably like not right away, maybe like week three or something along those lines. So it, it, it's tough to understand what the actual timetable is, because I think the optimism that they talk about is always going to be week one, regardless if it's true or not. So, S- Samantha, Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence, scenario A, scenario B, who throws 35 touchdowns in 2021? I'm going to go opposite here. I don't think either scenario is super likely to happen, but of them, I think I'm going to go Joe, Joe Burrow. I think there are too many variables when, you know, when you started out comparing all the stats and everything, it's a lot to make that jump from playing at Clemson to playing in the NFL. I mean, Justin Herbert broke the record previously set by Baker Mayfield for the most passing touchdowns in a rookie season with 31. Um, I mean, he did that in a system that I think is a lot better than the Jaguars too. I, I, I certainly think that like, I'm not saying that it can't happen, but I would put more of my trust, even with the injury concerns in Burrow. He was on a pretty slow 16 game pace to throw touchdowns. He was hampered by a number of things, obviously offensive line, a lot of issues. I mean, you, you don't go from being like a two win team to being a playoff team in one season. So that was going to take a little time anyway. I think it is, but I think that also is a testament to how hard it is to excel in your rookie season. He, it, we were talking about him as this generational talent. We're now talking about Trevor Lawrence as this generational talent. They could still have like sluggish first years, you know, and that doesn't, that's not an indictment on their whole career. So I think that since he makes the necessary improvements to their O-line, they already got, um, I feel like hopefully they'll, they'll make some improvements at least during um, the draft, because that was obviously a huge pain point. Joe Burrow can't throw 35 touchdowns from his back, but I'm going to go with Burrow. It, it was interesting too, because I saw a graphic and it said, you know, because there's been talk about uh, Jamar Chase is being requested by Joe Burrow to be drafted by the Bengals. And there was the graphic showed a uh, Sewell, uh, the number one offensive lineman in this draft class. And it showed Sewell, anybody else as a receiver. So the receiver was anybody else. And Joe Burrow was making uh, the completion. Everything was good. He was blocking. And then it showed Joe Burrow with anybody else being the offensive lineman as he was getting sacked, not being able to throw the ball to Jamar Chase. So I agree that he needs to be protected to do much of anything. And and I know that, um, and this is a little bit off topic, but uh, when it comes to Joe Burrow, I know that he might be requesting to be reunited with that college teammate, but at the same time, this guy just got injured so bad, like you need to protect him. So uh, yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, if they do have a full season between the both of them, what the ceiling looks like. Uh, Both teams still are going to be hurting on the other side of the ball. So the game scripts are definitely going to be in play for them. Uh, But yeah, I I think both guys, it's kind of up in the air. Uh, Like you said, Samantha, just because they did it in college doesn't mean that right away in the NFL that they have the even opportunity to throw uh, for a league leading or a top five sort of touchdown season. So good points all all around right, right there. I want to shift over now to some running back questions here. So we knocked out some quarterback questions. We might come back to uh, some other ones later on in this podcast, but uh, have an interesting one when it comes to running backs and catching the ball. So Alvin Kamara and Austin Eckler, uh, no bias just because the jerseys somewhere back here, uh, but Kamara, 81 receptions, 2017, 2018, and 2019. He was Mr. Uh, consistent when it came to catching 81 catches. 83 in 2020, though. 
Austin Eckler, 54 catches in 10 games. So he was on pace for around 86 this past season, but we have to be careful with on pace because it doesn't mean that that's what would happen. He had 92 receptions, though, in 2019. So my question to you guys is Alvin Kamara leads the league in running back receptions in 2021, or Austin Eckler leads the league in running back receptions in 2021. I had a lot of L's and R's all in that one sentence there. Got it out though. Samantha, who is your pick here? I am going to go with Kamara. So I think that there is a little bit of a risk by saying Kamara, just because we don't exactly know how this quarterback competition is going to pan out. I mean, if it's Taysom Hill, that certainly does impact Kamara's fantasy value pretty badly. I want Jameis Winston so badly. Like just, he's like the fantasy gift that just keeps on giving. And I'm like, so excited. I would love to see him with Thomas. I would love to see him with Kamara, but anyway, all that aside, I think Eckler has more of a speckled injury history as well. And even they're both 16 game paces combined, um, puts Kamara, Kamara has the slight edge over Eckler there. So I'm going to give it to Kamara. All right. All right. And the thing with Jameis too, just on a side note, he can see now he can see a lot better than he, he can before. So that might, that might be a game changer there. Uh, if he gets the opportunity here. So uh, only time will tell there. Uh, personally, from a fantasy standpoint, I do hope that it is Winston because I think the upside of everybody else in that system will be elevated with him in comparison to Taysom Hill, but that's just me. And that's for another podcast. If, uh, we got some comments debating, but again, do appreciate everybody in the comments. A lot of people, uh, chiming in on all these questions. I, I love to see that. So, uh, Jeremy, when it comes to Alvin Kamara or Austin Eckler, who is leading the league in 2021, if it is one of these two guys. So personal bias of being a Chargers fan aside, I am going to pick Austin Eckler, not because I'm a Chargers fan, but because of what Samantha stated, the quarterback situation for the Saints is going to have a real factor on whether or not Kamara can, you know, be in that conversation, right? So in the four games that the, that Taysom Hill played, Kamara had 10 catches. Now I understand that, you know, looking at numbers, like that's kind of, you know, but he had seven catches, one game, one catch, and then two catches. So I don't, I don't know how Taysom Hill will impact uh, Alvin Kamara. And then you have Austin Eckler who second top number two pass catcher in that offense. And then with that being a higher powered offense, I, I just think the, I just think it's set up that if Austin Eckler stays healthy, he could lead RBs and receptions uh, this coming season. But the injury history does kind of like, you know, scare me a bit there. But, you know, in my personal, you know, for me, I love to see uh, Austin Eckler like 120 catches, you know, 1,500 yards and like 16 touchdowns. That'll, that'll help our team out. You know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. It, it sounds pretty as a Chargers fan. Um, I'm glad you threw that note in there because it would be funny to see like uh, – the next day you just rocking all this, this chargers gear and uh, uh, revealing it at that time. So a uh, bunch of awesome people hopping into the chat here. Great points by both of you. Um, I, I think the quarterback situation is, is definitely going to be an impact on Camara. We, we obviously know that he's very talented. He can rush the ball. He can catch the ball. He can line up in different areas. He can uh, score touchdowns. I mean, he, he's very talented. Uh, Eckler. I'm a huge Eckler fan. I'm a big truther. Um, I'm hoping he can stay healthy. 
What I did like a lot about Austin Eckler, though, is Justin Herbert, there was a ton of questions surrounding if he did get the start for the Chargers, what that would mean for him, because they didn't look at uh, Justin Herbert based off of his college film and say, hey, this guy's a big dump it off to the running back sort of guy. But the way that Austin Eckler gets used in this offense, we saw two games this past season where Austin Eckler caught 11 passes from Justin Herbert. So I love that upside and I love the tie because I had some concerns about will he throw the ball to Austin Eckler or not. And uh, it was evident in those games. So um, a lot of factors, though, that you guys brought up uh, for both running backs. And I think that just goes to say that there always are these factors of health, QB situation, the the outlook of the team, um, where they are in games. Uh, a lot of factors determine the outlook of pass catching running backs. I mean, we, we can look at a guy like McKissick. J.D. McKissick was, I think, the number one pass catcher in the league this past season. Will he be next season? I, I don't know. A lot of different factors now. So good points there. Um, let's, let's talk about some rookies as we get, get into our next point here. Uh, again, awesome people hopping in the chat there. What's up, John got Troy, Martin, Dave, and LQ Robbie from rum boys. Awesome people in the chat. So the two scenarios I have here, uh, let's look at some running backs and wide receivers for this next class. I mentioned at the beginning that everybody's talking about the rookies. So of course I have to talk about something related to rookies in this podcast, just to keep the times fresh here, but scenario a an incoming rookie running back finishes ahead of both Najee Harris and Javante Williams in year one. So both of those two guys. So some other running back from this class finishes ahead of them in fantasy or an incoming rookie wide receiver finishes ahead of Jamar chase, Devonta Smith, and Rashad Bateman in year one for fantasy finishes. So Jeremy, is it more likely that somebody not in those two running backs finishes ahead? Or is it more likely that out of the three wide receivers I named that another rookie wide receiver finishes ahead of all three? A little bit of a bounce around question there, but hopefully uh, the the points across. I'm going to say more likely a running back finishes ahead of Najee Harris and uh, Williams, but I'm not. I, I think the only back that could uh, would be Travis Etienne, but that also depends on the team that he goes to. So, you know, and the other two backs, like, dep- all depends on where they go. Uh, but I'll say running back, I think Etienne – might have the best chance of starting having the highest workload week one with where I think he's going to end up. And then that way that'll give him that edge to outpace the other two. Um, Second half of the season, probably not, but I think he'll, he'll start week one or at least have the higher workload and stuff. And that'll be able to pace him out through over the other two over the course of the season. So. It'll definitely be interesting, too, with the running backs because there are some very pretty spots. I mean, Pittsburgh would be very nice. Uh, Arizona Cardinals would be very nice for running back to land to. But also, yeah, to pair with Mike Davis. But you never know uh, when it comes to the draft. I mean, we, we've been surprised before. We were surprised last year at who went at what pick and, you know, who else is in that depth chart. Uh, Samantha, do you believe it's more likely that, and I'll just say it in short, uh, out of the two top uh, running backs that is named, that a running back finishes above these two in fantasy, or that a wide receiver not named Chase Smith or Bateman finishes ahead of all three of those guys in fantasy for 2021? 
I'm going with Jeremy here. I'm going to take the running back side. Obviously, without no, like, this is kind of just without obviously knowing where any of these five guys are going. I think the landing spots are just going to be more important at the running back position versus at wide receiver. They could really end up in a very crappy running back by committee situation. And that stuff does change a lot more, too. So that kind of makes it even a more volatile situation i feel like then then receiver um but yeah i mean i think there's a very real chance that you know neither of them are really big fantasy contributors right off the bat i mean i always saw like just a lot of randomness like we saw guys like james robinson and antonio gibson and um just perform whereas we saw i I don't want to say like uh ceh was like a disappointment but certainly there were people taking him top five in redraft (laughs) super high (laughs) right so like there's a lot more randomness i think so i think that there could be some guy maybe it's it's etn maybe it's just some random person that like ends up ahead of harris and williams but i think it's more likely um that that happens versus the wide receiver class, which is super, super strong this year. My, I, I love those points because it, it makes me think because my immediate answer when I was writing this was I thought it was a wide receiver uh, because of the depth of the class and the amount of guys that can fit, finish ahead of these three. I mean, uh, Chase Smith and Bateman, we can look down the list, Rondale Moore, Waddle, Elijah Moore, Terrace Marshall, St. Brown, Wallace, Tony, uh, Dynamite Brown. There's a long list of guys that maybe just take off in the right spot. So that was my original thinking, but I like what you guys are bringing up about uh, the opportunity to be in a good spot to do so. And Samantha, you just talked about um, the likes of James Robinson and Antonio Gibson, who you really didn't expect to be that high uh, before the season started, but did. So do you guys think that the running back potential to land in a spot that gives them enough volume is more likely to produce fantasy value than having a wide receiver or multiple wide receivers um, due to the depth of the position? So is that kind of where you guys are getting at when it comes to running back versus wide receiver? And either one of you guys can chime in with, with that. I guess what my thought process was, was that like both of those guys, Harris and Williams could just like have zero, not almost zero fantasy value if they end up in a okay. bad spot, if they're in like a three headed committee or something like that. Whereas I think we've seen guys like Justin Jefferson and like the Adam Thielen situation where they can very much overcome, I think, situations like that where it's I think harder for uh running back situations so I just think there's more randomness introduced uh other spots will open up kind of randomly too like with Leonard Fournette leaving the Jaguars and that kind of like open it up for James Robinson or like CMC gets hurt and Mike Davis ends up as a top 10 running back or something for fantasy so there's just kind of more randomness and I guess that would be my thought process makes sense makes sense I'm kind of on the same thing with with, uh, Samantha there. Like, I just think that if with the running backs, like if you end up right having a back that comes in and they're in a timeshare, a lot of times you see with coaches, they don't like to use rookie running backs. Like the first look with Cam Akers, right? Cam Akers. Yes. He ended up getting hurt, but he was part of that timeshare. DeAndre Swift in Detroit, like they want to, for whatever reason, for whatever whatever reason, they want the backs to 
prove themselves, right? So I just think that if you have a situation like that, it just it it's easier to lead into itself that one of those running back, both of those running backs get put in that position in comparison to a Jamar Chase, um, Devontae Smith, Rashad Bateman, like coming in and as you saw with Justin Jefferson, like you can have two stud receivers and they can both produce at a high fantasy level in comparison to running back. Makes makes sense. Makes sense there. And uh, just uh, po- poking, poking uh, the, the bear of uh, jokes on Twitter. We, we mentioned Cam Akers. Be careful saying sup to, to Cam Akers because that's frowned upon by the trolls of, of Twitter verse here. Um, but let's move on to uh, the tight end position here and the wide receiver position and the number three. The number three is good here. So number three is good because it relates to two players here that I have on the list. I have TJ Hawkinson. He finished as the tight end three for fantasy. And Stefan Diggs finished as the tight end three for the wide receiver position in 2020. Hawkinson weeks one through 16 was 143 points away from Travis Kelsey, who was the tight end one. Stefan Diggs weeks one through 16 was 27.8 points away from um, Devonte Adams, who was the wide receiver one there. Obviously the wide receiver position, like we just alluded to is a bit deeper than the tight end position, but many factors to this. So my question to you guys is scenario A versus scenario B, and we can start with Samantha again, who is more likely to finish as number one in 2021 for their position, TJ Hawkinson or Stefan Diggs? Samantha, what's your thoughts? I'm going with Stefan Diggs here. Obviously, they're both in the mix and very playing at a very high level at both at their respective positions. Diggs finishes the leader in receiving yards, and I just loved what the Bills did last year. Well, I could see a situation where Josh Allen could take a step backwards just because it was such a crazy leap from one year over the next. Um, I think whatever that attrition would be is a lot less than the downgrade at quarterback that Hawkinson is getting um, given that he now has to catch passes from Jared Goff. So he finished also as tight end four with Kittle being injured for like most of the year. And obviously like that could happen again, or Travis Kelsey gets injured in like week one or something. But I do think like he, He is a top tier tight end, but his ceiling is not tight end one. I just, I don't see that happening, especially in the Lions system. And uh, just a quick note, what's up to Commissioner Breeze, have uh, Martin in the chat, Emmanuel in the chat, great people again in the chat. Thank you guys for tuning in. Samantha, just uh, going off your point there with the receiving yards and leading in receptions too, we've seen Diggs lead the league for his position, lead all positions for those categories. So I think um, you use the word ceiling. I think that's the perfect word to use for this um, if you are standing on the the Stefan Diggs side. But before I give my opinion on this, I want to see what Jeremy thinks. Jeremy, scenario A or B, TJ Hawkinson finishes as the tight end one in 2021 or Stefan Diggs finishes as the wide receiver one in 2021. And again, if you guys are listening, we are not saying that either one is going to happen. We're just saying which is more likely to happen. So it's easily going to be Stefan Diggs. And I will say that by saying this, if TJ Hawkinson finishes as the tight end one, this fantasy season, everybody who is watching this right now, tweet at me and I will give you $5. I will Venmo you $5. 
That is how. You better be careful. You better be careful because injury. You better put an injury clause on this because if a bunch of guys get hurt and then everybody's texting you, you're gonna have to get a new Twitter, man. Here you go. If George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, and Darren Waller all get hurt, then I deserve this. Then I deserve this. So okay, fair enough, fair enough. uh, But I also, but main reasoning behind that, right? Even if Josh Allen, because Josh Allen played out of his mind this past season, right? So even if Josh Allen necessarily doesn't take a step back to 2019 Josh Allen, but is in between 2019 and 2020 Josh Allen, the it is he's still better than I think what Jared Goff would be. And so Stephon Diggs is still his number one still his number one option like in that in that offense. I it's I mean Stephon Diggs can could conceivably be number one like wide receiver one this year. Like I that's a there's a path to that happening. I just with Jared, I mean Jared Goff, man. Like, I mean no, 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 no shot at Jared Goff, but he Jared listens Goff. every now and then. So, so be careful too with that. But um, you know, but that, no, I, I just, I just don't think that. Um, I just don't think that the ceiling for Hawkinson, like I think, is four. Like I don't think he's getting any higher than four. If one of the three get hurt, yeah, but I, I don't see this it. digs. Do 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 you guys? Here's a side question. Um, just thinking about some of the points you guys make, I am just thinking of some other questions related to this. Do you think the ceiling of the quarterback has a ton to do with the overall finish? Let's say the potential to finish as a top three player in a position is directly related to the ceiling of a quarterback. For instance, Devonta Adams. Aaron Rodgers was the MVP. Devonta Adams was the wide receiver one. Stephon Diggs was the wide receiver three. Josh Allen was one of the MVP candidates. Patrick Mahomes throws the ball to Tyreek Hill. Same sort of thing. He throws it to Kelsey. Same sort of thing. Do you think the quarterback is directly related to the overall ceiling of a player finishing that high? Or is it more player who we're talking about? Um, is it more based on them? Uh, and Any thoughts on that? I think it's just a number of things. That's a very strong factor in it. Uh, You're going to have a ceiling if you're catching passes from an anemic quarterback type situation. But at the same time, you know, Allen Robinson finished as wide receiver 10 in catching passes from one of the worst quarterback carousel situations. And, you know, we saw uh, Amari Cooper finish with over a thousand yards. CeeDee Lamb finished with almost a thousand yards so they can put it together uh you can make it work but certainly it really helps if you're catching passes from Aaron Rodgers that's just going to elevate your status no matter what right like it helps if you're catching you know catching passes from elite guys right but on the Allen Robinson thing Allen Robinson I believe was a top five to ten wide out with Blake Bortles throwing him passes like it get this man a quarterback like please. like, like as, as, a, as a Chicago fan I've been wishing for the same thing I've been wishing for the same thing so I hear you on that like I just don't uh I think it depends on the offense can necessarily like the quarterback necessarily doesn't have to be great right but it leads into uh, the biggest thing I think is like the team. So if a team's bad, they're going to be playing from behind a lot. That's how Blake Bortles ended up being a top five fantasy quarterback playing on a terrible, you know, playing on a terrible team because he's, you know, garbage time stats. Uh, 
but it's, you know, it's, it's being an option. So TJ Hawkinson is the number one option right now. Who knows what uh, Detroit does into the draft, does in the draft that he may be one A or one B option. Like he, you know, Stefan Diggs, I don't think no matter what uh, Buffalo does in the draft, he's coming in, he's going to be the clear cut number one guy. I think that's a good point, too, because I think we forget that Kenny Galladay was injured for 11 games last year. So TJ Hawkinson was playing as the number one. And there's a really good chance that they add someone in the draft that could absolutely eat into some targets that were going to Hawkinson. Volume. Volume is key when it comes to uh, being a pass catcher at the end of the day. Um, You guys made note of it. The, the quarterback can be a ma- major factor, but at the same time, we've seen guys like Terry McLaurin in the past just do very good in fantasy with having poor quarterback play. Uh, so a lot of different factors when it comes to that. Again, that, that's why I like these scenario A versus scenario B is because it kind of spiral, spirals out to some better points uh, for fantasy purposes. So good talk with those two guys there. Uh, let's go to sophomores. So we've mentioned some of these guys already in the podcast just from talking about other topics, but let's look at Justin Herbert and C.D. Lamb. So I have a little bit difference of a finish uh, between the two, but I'll, I'll tell you why in a second here. So Justin Herbert was the QB 10. He was one of two top 10 quarterbacks to not play 15 games. He played 14 games. He came in after the, the Tyrod Taylor lung issue out of nowhere um, after week one and then played from there. Uh, he was number six in passing. He was a top 10 guy, like I just said. C.D. Lamb, wide receiver 20 from weeks one through 16. I always look just from weeks one through 16 for fantasy purposes. He was wide receiver 11, though, weeks one through five when he was with Dak Prescott. My question to you guys is, scenario A or scenario scenario B, Justin Herbert finishes as the QB1 overall in 2021, or C.D. Lamb finishes as the top as a top three wide receiver in 2021. And the reason I have one verse three is just because of the depth of the wide receiver position. You got one quarterback and multiple wide receivers on a team. So is it Justin Herbert, QB one overall, or CD Lamb top three, 2021? And Jeremy, we can go to you with your opinion on this one. I'm going I like, to I like, go. I like that. I like that. Because it makes you think. That means, means you thought about it. I like it. I did. Uh, I'm going to go with Justin Herbert. And I'm going to go with Justin Herbert being more likely to be QB1. Just, I think it's going to be, I think it would be a lot harder for CeeDee Lamb to be wide receiver three with the depth that is the wide receiver position. And not just that, the depth issue that is his own team. You have Amari Cooper, you have... uh, I'm assuming Zeke's going to be better with um, with Dak back. You have Dak back. Like, there's a lot of touchdown opportunity. I think in order to get wide receiver three, like top three for wide receivers, CeeDee Lamb's going to have to get double-digit touchdowns. And I just with how heavy that offense is, I don't know if he necessarily gets it, whereas Justin Herbert, they're going to be slinging that rock all over the place. <laughs> and off of like off of that, that gives him the ability to get to QB one. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Justin Herbert, and it's not just because I'm a Chargers fan. Oh yeah, we have to keep. We have to keep putting we have that. To keep that in, in mind. We have to keep that in mind. 
when, when it comes to, uh, so I think one of the points you were getting at is he has a lot of competition on his own team with, uh, you said, Amari Cooper. He has Michael Gallup. Blake Jarwin's coming back from injury, and then Zeke's going to be involved. Um, so that was one of the points you were getting at. Uh, Samantha, are you in agreement or disagreement that um, Justin Herbert has a better chance at QB1 versus CD Lamb having a chance at as a top three wide receiver? I'd like to start with saying that I think this is one of the least likely either one happening type scenarios of the list. And I think that for either one of them to happen, like there has to be some kind of injury or something like that. I'm going to lean with Lamb. So he almost broke a thousand yards with Dak getting hurt five games into the season. Then he had to catch passes from Andy Dalton, Garrett Gilbert and Ben Tanucci. And, you know, Dak's finally got the long-term deal. I'm super happy for that. He's going to be there for a while. And while I think, I mean, I think that Cooper would probably have to be injured for him to finish as wide receiver three. I think that more people would have to be injured for Justin Herbert to finish as QB one. I, I think that he's absolutely a top tier quarterback, but there's so many guys up there that I just can't, I can't wrap my mind around him finishing like above Patrick Mahomes. I don't think he's there yet, but I think he could get, you know, to that point. And with, with a guy like Patrick Mahomes, obviously he has the um, capacity to throw a ton of touchdowns in that offense with the likes of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and the way that that offense operates. Other guys get a big bump because of their rushing ability. So that's going to be a big factor too, is if Justin Herbert uses the legs a little bit more. Uh, not that he was a crazy rusher in college, but he actually did use his legs in college much more than he did in the NFL. And I think part of the reason was they had their other quarterback get hurt and they probably wanted him to stay safe in that pocket. So that'll be an interesting factor too. Uh, maybe a side question here. So again, I'll, I'll reread just the stat. Herbert, Top 10 QB weeks one through 16. He did miss a week, week one. CD Lamb with Dak Prescott, wide receiver 11. I know it was only five weeks of football, but good start for a rookie. Do you see either one of these guys or both of them or neither taking a big fantasy jump in 2021? Or should they be relatively around the same marks? Again, Herbert was 10, CD Lamb was uh, wide receiver 20. A any brief thoughts on that? And either one of you guys can jump in. I mean, I think both are, are going to take a, a step forward just because, well, on the CeeDee Lamb side, his quarterback situation, assuming Dak doesn't get injured in like the first game, is going to be palpably better. That offense is, I mean, they have lots of problems on the other side of the ball, but uh, that offense is really strong. And I think they're going to put up a lot of points. Uh, so I think like he's going to take a step forward. I was very interested. I was very impressed with what I saw there. I was also super impressed though, with what I saw with Justin Herbert. I was not on the Justin Herbert hype train kind of being out of the draft. I thought he was kind of an unfinished product product. And I certainly didn't think he was going to be starting by week two. I don't think a lot of people thought he was going to be starting by week two. I don't think he did either. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so either. What an, what an unfortunate situation for Tyrod Taylor too. Like that man cannot catch a break, but um, so I think, we'll certainly see him take a step forward too. I don't know if we're going to like see that Delta, that change from like where they were to top three or top one at the position, but I could definitely see like Herbert finishing as a top five quarterback, for instance. You on the yeah, same boat, I, Jeremy? Yeah, I'm in the same boat there. Like I think what Herbert finishing 10 lamb finishing 20, I think that's the floor for them both, both assuming that they don't like, Herbert doesn't get hurt and Lamb and or Dak Prescott doesn't get hurt. Like I think as long as health like health considered, 
I think that's the fourth of them. Um, you know, they're both in good offenses, and as long they're going to get the numbers. So. All right. All right. I want to make sure we get into, uh, we'll go for about an hour here. So let's get into another topic uh, while I have you guys here. Um, regression is a big topic for fantasy, especially when it comes to dynasty leagues. Um, when a running back hits 25, 26, uh, the thought is that they must be rolled out to the field because they're getting so old. And then when the the likes of like a wide receiver or a tight end get over that 30 mark, the, the statements that come out are sell them while you can and, and things along those lines. So uh, regression is a big part of it. Uh, obviously, as you get older, a lot of guys do drop off a bit in fantasy. It doesn't always work out that way. Some guys have a consistent career uh, throughout most of their um, fantasy um, tenures there. But uh, my question to you guys is two guys here, Derrick Henry and Travis Kelsey. I've heard a lot of different points about a potential for regression for dynasty leagues and if you should sell them or not. So the question here is, and we'll start with Jeremy, who is more likely to regress to show some noticeable regressing in 2021? Is it Derrick Henry or Travis Kelsey? So we got Derrick Henry, and I'll read it off. RB3 in 2020, RB7 in 2019. Kelsey has been the tight end one from 2016 until now. So who do you think has more of a chance of regression? I'm going to go Derrick Henry, and it's nothing necessarily against Derrick Henry or his tap or the talent that he has, because I don't I don't think he's going to I don't think he's going to fall off of a cliff. Right. But I think it'll be easier to. I don't want to say easier to contain him because he's a man amongst boys out there. He was but, just doing push ups with a chain on on a Bosu ball. So, I mean, right. Like. You know, I he's 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 built different, as the kids say, right? <laughs> um, but oh. <laughs> I that think photo it's of him with Dion Lewis will live rent free in my head forever. <laughs> Literally, like you take go. your child to work day. That's what it looks like. It it may it makes no it makes no sense how big that man is. Like if I saw him, I would. You know what? You're right. You got it. Uh, <laughs> and I love that they're like the whole like tractor seato season thing. Like people, are, I think I heard like an announcer say something like, "Oh well, like it's cold and no one wants to tackle him." I'm like, no one wants to tackle him ever. Like, what are we talking about? No, I no, want to nobody. Him no, if it was cold, warm, uh, sunny. When, no, I don't want to. Ta- I don't want any it, parts of him. On a quick side, quick side note, and then we'll go right back to you, Jeremy. Before we get too sidetracked, I saw footage of him in like eighth grade. I think it was eighth grade. And this guy was like my my size right now, and I'm not big. I'm not big, so I, I probably bigger. He, he was like my size right now in eighth grade, and it just was unfair. So getting to be an adult, and now he's looking at a linebacker square in the eye, and he's bigger than that guy. Man, that's gotta that's just gotta be a long day, long day. <laughs> like l- lacing up your shoes before a Derrick Henry game. Like uh, he's gonna hit me, I'm gonna hit him, I guess. But no, go ahead, go ahead though. Uh, the the game is built more for you know catching the ball, right? And so the fact that Derrick Henry does not catch the ball much, I believe, will lead him into a little bit of regression. Again, I don't think it's going to be much, but teams are going to force Ryan Tannehill to beat them, try not to let Derrick Henry beat them as much. Travis Kelsey, best offense in the NFL with the best quarterback in the NFL. He's getting 150 at least targets. He's he's can get open, you know. So I think I think it'd be Derrick Henry, but I don't think it's gonna be I don't think it's gonna be that though. So 
All right, Samantha, who has more of a chance of regression and noticeable regression in 2021? Is it Derrick Henry or Travis Kelsey? I think they both have pretty good regression potential, not significantly. I don't think Travis Kelsey is going to finish as tight end 12, and I don't think that Derrick Henry is going to finish, you know, as RB20 or anything like that. But, you know, Kelsey did have 11 touchdowns last season, which is six higher than his previous season. We know kind of touchdowns are a little bit more random and harder to predict year to year. That said, I'm just going to go with Derrick Henry. I just think, uh, you know, like you said, Jeremy, that the league being way more passing oriented doesn't favor him. He had an egregious 2,027 rushing yards last season. And I just like, don't see a situation where that can be replicated very easily. That's 500 yards more than Dalvin cook had who finished second and 500 more yards more than his previous seasons. So I think he's, ridiculous i think he's amazing and you know just built different as you said but i could see there being a larger like a more significant scenario where he takes a little bit of a step back but i think that you know there's also there's still a good chance he finishes as a top three running back or even top two and he still takes a step back like you know what i mean that's still well within the realm of possibilities yeah, that's kind of the point I was going to get to at the end of this because I've seen just on Twitter floating around, um, you know, some people will say these guys are prime candidates to sell high right now. But at the same time, a, a regression next year could mean instead of being top three or top five, Derrick Henry is top seven. Is he still going to win you matchups? Absolutely. Travis Kelsey, I think I had the number somewhere, finished well, well above 143 more points. We talked about TJ Hawkinson than the tight end three this past season from weeks one through 16. So even if he does regress, I mean, he's still clear above others. So again, regression is evident, but at the same time, it doesn't mean that it results in you having to sell guys in fantasy and dynasty. So I, I have a few more questions and let, let's just run through these and you give me your brief point for these before we close up the show here. Cause I had some interesting ones. I think I just have three left. So if we can just give quick answer and maybe a quick why, and we'll just run through these. So one is not necessarily fantasy related. Um, it has to do with some teams changing uh, Washington football team, seven and nine this past season, they won the division jets two and 14 did not win the division. Obviously with that record, Washington adds Fitzpatrick, Curtis Samuel to their offense, uh, Corey Davis, Keelan Cole, potentially new quarterback, um, Kevin Coleman to the, to the Jets. So they, they both have some moving pieces going on. Uh, both have, I know the Jets do have some good draft capital as well. Uh, what is more likely? Is it more likely? And just give me your brief answer here. Is it more likely Washington football team that they win the Super Bowl, or is it more likely that the Jets make the playoffs? So, Jeremy, which is more likely? Uh, Washington winning, making slash winning the Super Bowl. Um, the Jets, even they're going to not be as bad, right? But they're still the third best, at best, the third best team in that division. Um, Washington, I can conceivably see them winning the division. Um, I don't think either is likely to happen, but if I got to pick one, I'm picking Washington to win the Super Bowl. Fitz magic, baby, all day. All right, so Samantha, which is more likely, Washington wins the next Super Bowl or the Jets make the playoffs? Washington, for sure. I think they really, really impressed a lot of people, including myself last season with the defensive improvements. They've had a fantastic 
free agency so far, like so far, and they've got a lot of draft capital, a lot of cap space still still left too. So that puts them well positioned, I think, for the rest of the offseason. And yeah, I mean, the Jets would have to wild card their way in, and I don't see that happening in the AFC. You just don't go from a two win team like Justin Fields. Uh, Zach Wilson, like whoever ends up being the quarterback there is not going to take them to that place yet. That's they're probably on like the two, three year plan. So, you know, that's not saying that the Jets will never be good, but they're not going to make the playoffs this year. Yeah, so it's not saying we believe either thing will happen here either, but uh, Washington did have a great defense last year that a lot of people talked about, and now they add piece of the offense, so they have some potential uh, there. So next one here, uh, let's stay in the Super Bowl. Give me your give me your one word just for this one. Uh, Tom Brady wins the next Super Bowl again, or Patrick Mahomes comes back and wins the next Super Bowl. Uh, Samantha, which one, if you had to throw $10 on it right now on DraftKings Sportsbook, what, what would it be? Patrick Mahomes. All right. All right. Jeremy, do you agree or disagree? hundred percent agree. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So we're going to rematch next year, potentially with Patrick Mahomes winning it. All right. Last one here. Last one here. So I threw this one on here just because it's such a weird um, situation uh, with the Texans, but also there's things that can happen with Baltimore. Um, Gus Edwards wins the job in Baltimore. And when I say win the job, I mean, gets more carries. Let's just say gets more carries than JK Dobbins or Philip Lindsay wins the job. And I put Denver on the sheet, but that's not right. He's uh, he's actually with the Texans now. Um, so you have Lindsay versus David Johnson and Mark Ingram. You had Edwards versus Dobbins versus Lamar Jackson. Um, so who's more likely to win the job in 2021? Is it Gus Edwards or is it Philip Lindsay? Jeremy, which guy would you have to put a dollar on here? Do I got to? Um, Philip Lindsay says pass. All right, all right. Philip Lindsay over Phillip, David Johnson. Phillip. All right, all right. Interesting, interesting. So, Samantha, if you had to put a dollar on one of these guys, which one would it be? Going with Lindsay. I really like J.K. Dobbins a lot, so I don't want to go with Gus Bus here. I think the the talent with Lindsay is certainly better than Edwards. Yeah, Edwards, 144 carries last season to Dobbins, 134. But we saw a big shift to Dobbins um, second half of the season towards the tail end there. So I also do have some optimism for Dobbins there. Uh, do, do you guys think either guy has a shot at all, Lindsay or Edwards? I mean, it's possible with Lindsay. I think I think it's less possible on with Edwards, but I don't know. I mean, anything can really happen. Like just, I don't know. Running back committees get weird. And I don't, I think both could happen. So I don't know. And you did, you did make the point earlier uh, before we get to Jeremy, you did make the point earlier that we get so surprised um, when it comes to who wins jobs and who performs well sometimes for that position. So uh, yeah, comes into play there. Um, Jeremy. Yeah. I, the David Johnson thing, like, I, that wouldn't scare me, right? And I think, did Mark Ingram go there too? Like, Philip Lindsay is the most talented back of those three, but, you know, so injury concerns. If he stays healthy, I think he's the, I think he's the guy there. 
All right. All right. Yeah. So again, the reason we went through this podcast here, it, it was a good way to talk about some different players and some potential situations. And uh, yeah, it always makes for a good podcast just to have some fun talking about some different topics outside of the norm. So thank you both uh, a ton for being on tonight. Um, for me personally, I've, it's been a long two days at the full-time job. So coming and talking about football is always a, a great way to uh, kind of intervene on that week. So I want to make sure that we tell everybody where they can find you guys. Uh, we can start with Jeremy. Where can they find you uh, on Twitter or, or social media in general? Uh, on Twitter, hey, Mr. Holman, uh, as I said at the start of the show, if you want, I will give you some sports stuff. But if you want chaos, that's what I'm here for. I'm here for the chaos. I'm here for the, I'm here for the fun. Uh, but uh, appreciate, appreciate you having me on, Nick. Samantha, it was a pleasure being on with you, too. Yeah, and I, I do want to thank you, um, and I will attest to uh, you as a, as a follow. You're a great follow talking about football and just always uh, cracking jokes and things like that. And, again, congratulations on your wedding, man. That is awesome. That is awesome. Um, so, Samantha, wh- where can we find you on social media and then anything else you want to plug to finish this podcast off? Jeremy, I love that you describe your – Twitter timeline is chaotic because I would also say that too um, about my, my own, not yours. <laughs> uh, but yeah, very stream of consciousness. Don't stick to sports. There's a lot of stuff. There's snowboarding, there's food, whatever, but please follow me on Twitter at Samantha NFL. So that's really easy. And then I'm on pretty much every other platform at S That's S P R E V I T E. Uh, so I'm on TikTok and Instagram and kind of all those things just, doing different, I don't know, different types of content everywhere. But yeah, you'll also find just like a majority of my, all of my written content now on theactionnetwork.com. So I will just be doing all sorts of stuff for them now. Yeah. And like I said, at the beginning of the episode, big fan of yours, Samantha. Uh, Again, I I love the diversity of content, whether it comes from videos or articles, or uh, again, you have a diverse range of uh, posts and skiing videos and um, uh, using Ian girls as a reference to fantasy football uh, while on top of getting out good information. I think that's huge for the fantasy community as being different when it comes to uh, sharing thoughts. So I do appreciate that big fan. Um, Thank you guys again for listening either live or on Apple or Spotify or any of those other streaming devices. Uh, We will probably be live again sometime Thursday or Friday. Um, Again, Nick from P2W Fantasy, part of the Fantasy Points Media live group now as well. Uh, Check them out again at fantasypoints.com slash subscribe, and you can use my promo code for an additional percent off 21 win 10. So have a nice night, everybody.